Hello, everyone, and welcome to Placing Faces, the show where we sit down with some of the most influential casting directors in all of Hollywood and across the entertainment spectrum. I'm your host, Charlie Chappell, and today we're starting a special set of three episodes all geared around the Ardios Awards, the Casting Society of America's celebration of excellence in casting. In our first of these three episodes, we're going to be talking with up-and-coming casting duo Amanda Lanker-Doyle and Chrissy Fiorelli-Ellington. Amanda is on the board of the Casting Society of America, and the two of them are jointly nominated for a couple Ardios Awards this year. They've worked on some really exciting projects, both together and separately, including The Muppets, The Good Wife, Blackish, The Walking Dead, College Humor Originals, Emergency, Zack and Mia, and most recently, Wayne, a new kick-ass coming-of-age tale which you can watch now on YouTube Premium. We talk about how they got their start, how they teamed up, and what exactly the Ardios Awards are all about. So drive safe, use that turn signal, and I hope you learn as much as I did. Thank you very much for taking the time to come hang out with us today and uh, in, in the rain. And I guess this is our winter this week. This one. This week. winter time. So we're actually just going to jump right in. Where do you come from and how did you get here? Okay. You want to start, Chrissy? You, you, start, gonna, you want me sure. to start? <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, so I'm so, so from. Can you bring that mic bring up just a little wondering. bit closer to you. Okay. Okay. You sound really clear. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm from North Carolina. And I, oh, that's nice. I'll start mm -hmm. over. Uh, so I'm from North Carolina and um, uh, grew up there and always wanted to move to New York. Like from age eight or nine, um, I was at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. We used to go every year. Mm -hmm. And I just looked around and this was pre-Giuliani New York, so it was disgusting. And I went, all right, this is where I want to be. And uh, You so, liked the disgusting and the... Yeah, I just, I liked the whole energy of New York in general. Um, and then in, in high school is when I started to get into theater, um, just community theater and doing theater at school. And then I went to uh, University of North Carolina at Greensboro, UNCG, not the Tar Heels, the Spartans, um, and uh, studied theater there. So I got my BFA, and like six months after, um, I saved up some money and I moved up to New York. And at first I was a nanny, then I worked in craft beer sales, and then I worked in liquor for a little bit, and then back to beer, and then got laid off. And I was like crying on my couch and on the phone with my mom, and I said, you know, I used to want to do things, I used to want to create things, and now I'm just getting people to drink, and this is like exhausting. She said, well, why don't you go on unemployment and figure it out? So I went, oh, okay. And a friend of mine from college uh, worked in Bernie Telsey's office. Mm -hmm. And she and I were talking and she was like, look, we don't have any space right now for any assistance, but would you want to be an intern? So I, uh, I took an internship there. And from the first day, I was done. Like I was just opening up envelopes with people sending their headshots from all around the country. And, um, and I was just elated to be there. Mm -hmm. So I ended up assisting one of the casting directors there. But after a while, my unemployment ran out. And at the time, they couldn't support me on a salary or anything. So I left. I worked for a manager for a short time, and that was a learning experience. You know, being an agent or a manager and being a casting director, like, there's buying versus selling. Mm -hmm. And I'm better at buying. After I realized that that wasn't my thing, I just really pounded the pavement trying to find any casting jobs that I could. I would jump around from office to office, job to job, and then finally I went, oh yeah, I, could, I should just call myself freelance because that sounds better than like 
these jobs just last for two weeks or something. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I ended up working all over the place in New York. Um, so I worked for Cindy Tolan. I worked for Eileen Starker. Yeah, I've you've had worked. You, yeah, you've worked under a lot. A of lot of people. Really incredible casting directors. Yeah, and and uh, Michael, Mikey Heilbrunn and um, Laura Rosenthal and. Uh, and Mark Sachs. And uh, my last year in New York, I, w I worked on uh, on The Good Wife, the first season of The Good Wife with Mark. Mm -hmm. And um, that was probably my longest job. That was how um, I met my now husband. Um, I had knew who he was. He's, his name is Tate Ellington. He's an actor. And I knew who he was because he would come in and audition for things. Um, and he became friends with a friend of mine when they both did a play together on Broadway. And uh, we would hang out. And then uh, at the end of, he ended up doing an episode of The Good Wife. And at the end of the season, there was a party and he came to it. And then we went bowling afterwards and we started dating a week later. Okay. There. So while we were dating, there just weren't a lot of things shooting in New York. And so I'd, I just sort of realized, you know, if I want to work in comedy, I need to go to LA because that's where all the decision makers are. That's where a lot of the comedies are shot. At the time in New York, the only thing that was funny shooting there was probably 30 Rock. And so we just took a leap. We had been dating for like six or nine months or something, and we moved out here. And it's a big leap. That's a big leap. And, uh, uh, and the rest is history. I mean, I can keep going. It's a long story. <laughs> well, she got a job at College Humor. She yeah. Go yeah. ahead and tell them about that. Yeah. So I. Um, worked on a pilot when I first got out here, then I worked for Liz Lewis Casting, who had opened an office out here, and then I worked for College Humor as their like head of talent and casting. Mm -hmm. And I'd been friends with them for a long time, since it was like eight guys living in a loft in Tribeca. And there was a two-week period where we had like a vacation time, um, and a job came through, and I told my boss, I was like, I'm not gonna work over this vacation, so what do we do? He said, oh, get someone to fill in for you. So I posted on Facebook or something, and Amanda responded and came in, and we met, and, uh, and we just hit it off. Like, I'd, well, yeah, we, I was sitting in her office, and I saw a picture of Tate, and I was like, is that Tate Ellington? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I love him. And she was like, oh, me too. I'm married to him. And I was like, oh, my God. So. And, and we just kept in touch. You know, we, we met that day, and... Um, uh, and kept in touch and then didn't meet again in person until the day we decided to partner, which was like three or four years later. Yeah, well, she uh, Tate booked Quantico, mm -hmm. and so she moved to Montreal with him because they had just had their oh, first sure. baby. And that was a pretty long run that he was on there for. He was just on the first season. He. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, spoiler alert, he, he drove a SUV off a bridge with a nuke in it and saved the world. He saved the world. That was nice yeah. of him. Yeah. It was really nice, yeah. yeah. So yeah. then they came back after he so saved he came the world. Back. Yeah. Uh, and we partnered. Exactly. Yeah. So, Amanda, now it's your turn. My, I'll give you a very truncated version of, <laughs> of my backstory. And feel free to edit mine. <laughs> no, that was great. Okay. Um, so, I'm originally from Ohio, and I went to Ohio University and came out here in 2006, mm -hmm. and with an a incredible group of people who I met at college, and we're all working in the fields that we, you know, intended to work in. It's really fantastic. But um, So you were, you were one of the few that didn't start off doing, you no. know, you weren't a lawyer before you came out here? Or no, I wanted to work in casting. Okay. Um, Always wanted to work in casting? Well, when I was little, I was in community theater, and then I, uh, I, I, when yeah, yeah. I, at OU, I wanted to major in theater, but I ended up minoring in theater and classical civ and majoring in telecommunications and video production. Okay. Um, and so in school... 
they, because I was a theater minor and friends with all of the theater kids, I couldn't do main stage shows uh, as an actor, but I was able to stage manage and I was able to do like little, uh, you know, studio shows and whatnot. Um, and so I knew all the actors really, really well. And so my friends who were, you know, had taken these roles as the producer in our group or the director in our group, which they're all now all functioning in that capacity out here. Uh, my husband, I was a friend from school. He was our DP and he's okay. now a working DP out here. Yeah. But, um, you know, they were like, oh, you know, all the actors, why don't you be the casting director? Quote unquote. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I just functioned in that capacity for them, uh, just strictly by ha having a, an understanding of who, the actors were at school and, and how they would fit into the projects that we were making in school. Um, and I, so we moved out here in 2006 and I, my first job was in commercial casting. I worked in commercial casting for a few years. Um, and then when the economy collapsed, my commercial casting director boss had, if Sharon Bialy was uh, her assistant years and years and years ago. And she was like, do you want to like go intern for Sharon? I know you want to work in theatrical casting. And I was like, I do. That'd be awesome. So I went and it this again, it was before the internship thing. So I went and interned at Bialy Thomas and um, I interned for like six months and then they hired me for a pilot season and I worked with them on uh, the first, uh, the pilot in the first six of The Walking Dead. And at the time we were doing uh, I think we were doing Breaking Bad, and um, we were doing a, a show called uh, Lie to Me, and uh, One Eight Seven Detroit. It was like it was a lot. It was you a lot guys of were like killing it though. There like, was a lot of yeah. I mean, they were they're, they're incredible, amazing. and they were they were doing like four big procedural dramas. Um, well, I guess some of them were procedural, some weren't at the same time. So it was you know baptism by fire for me yeah. uh, in regard to learning how to to work uh, theatrically. So I worked for them for you know, like seven months until they kind of slowed down a little bit and couldn't keep me on because they've had Russell and Gohar with them for, you know, since I've known them. Mm. Um, so I, after that, I started working with Alexis Kazera and Christine Shevchenko, and I worked with them for six and a half years. Mm -hmm. So with them, I did uh, Blackish for ABC, and we did yeah, The Muppets. Did. And, and you went from working on that as an associate yeah. To being a full-fledged casting director on Blackish. Yeah. So I um, I started in their office as an assistant and worked my way up to associate. And then eventually I um, I was made a casting director and I was a casting director on... We did a show for Nickelodeon called The Thundermans. Mm -hmm. So they made me a casting director on that. And then I, uh, I uh, did a... Bunch, we did a bunch of shows for Amazon that I was a casting director on, and then uh, after the first season of Blackish, they made me a casting director on season two, which was really kind. Yeah. Um, and I was also able to be a casting director on The Muppets, which was an absolute Super dream. Super cool. Yeah. yeah. So um, I did that with them, and then I, you know, Chrissy came back, and and we sat down, and I was like, you know, I think it's time to kind of jump on my out on my own. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, we took the leap two and a half, almost three years ago. Yep. And it's been quite a ride. Yeah, it's been terrific. Yeah. Like, we, you know, that day that we met up for lunch, um, I called my mom ahead of time and I was like, oh, I'm about to go have lunch and uh, with this girl I met years ago and we've kept in touch and I don't know, I'm either going to walk away with a new best friend or with a business partner. I'm not quite sure. And, um, and we've ended up becoming both. Um, we, you know, got, we got our first job 
pretty quickly. Yeah. Like I think on day zero, and then on day one, we were already working on a like a pilot presentation for someone, and we have just been consistently working ever since. A yeah. lot of stuff. And what's nice is that Amanda, you know, comes from a little bit more traditional space, and then I come from the digital like alt comedy space, and so we've been able to to um, really blend those two things together really well. Um, so a, lo a lot of our first projects were in the digital space, which are now becoming more and more and more mainstream. Mm -hmm. um, and, then, um, and then we've done some proper like television too, which has been really nice, and yeah. films and shorts and things like that. Well, it's interesting because she has a really uh, an in-depth understanding of the alt comedy community in regard to the actors in that space. Mm -hmm. um, and I know some of them, but I also, I have a really like an in-depth understanding of like the traditional actor, like the actors who are working traditionally sure. in like yeah. network television. Um, so I think, you know, it's, it's been really great because we've kind of fill in the, the gaps for each other uh, when we're working on the things that we've gotten to work on. Yeah, exactly. Well, and have you guys talked much about the differences in the way that you both came to the industry with you a little bit more indirectly, with you a little bit more directly, and how that has kind of influenced how you approach the work? Well, that's an interesting question. I think we both have a theater background. So, sure. uh, you know, we kind of fell into the roles in our office too. Chrissy reads for Tate. She puts them on tape all the time for different projects, and he books a lot of work. And I say it's because of her. Um, so, but she's really, really good at reading, and she. It's good to be married to a casting director. It is director. good to be married yeah. to a casting director. <laughs> to an actor. Um, but she, you know, she practices all the time with him too. So she's kind of taken on the role of, of reading with the actors. And I found, you know, over the course of my time in casting, that I absorb a performance better by watching anyway. So, and she absorbs better by being Doing. in it with them. And yeah. I do. I love reading with actors, but. It works really well for our situation. So um, she reads with everybody, and I, you know. And while I didn't necessarily know when I took that internship that I wanted to be a casting director, it was something that had always sort of been on my mind. Mm -hmm. Like, how how can I use this brain that can rem remember someone who's in a Little Caesars commercial, who was also in a, in a in a movie and and also in that TV show, and and how do I how do, how is that a skill that I could like actually use in my real life. And so that was what was so exciting when I started my internship was just going, oh, wow, like I, I, I can use this and my brain does work for this type of work. Um, and what's nice is that um, in the way that, and Amanda's brain does the same thing, but she's really great at a lot of the like businessy things and contracts and remembering, you know, drop pickups and, and I'm like, oh, okay. Sure. Um, as long as you remember all that, then that's good. We can share a brain in that way. Yes, we do. It's, it's really important to have two brains, I think, in this yeah. particular industry because there's so much going on and it's uh, so involved. Um, and in addition to remembering performances and, and uh, the actor's ability and who and their names even. Well, and a especially lot. in the industry now as it is, because it used to be you would get hard copy submissions and you would thumb through things and there was a little more time. And now um, there's a billion things being made all at the same time. And uh, the submissions come in so fast. No one has read the script mm -mm. when they're making submissions. And you know, we probably just finished it mm -hmm. and like seconds before posting mm -hmm. a breakdown. And so having both of us um, 
to, you know, to really jump into things, I think is very helpful yeah. in, in the current time. And it's also subjective. I mean, the art of it is subjective, right? So yeah. like the business part of it is not, um, right. but the art is subjective. So there are often times where she's like, no, I don't think that person makes sense. And I'm like, okay, well, why? And, you know, she'll explain and I, okay, okay, all right, maybe. And, and, you know, we, we like to present, um, sometimes I'll give in and sometimes she'll give in and sometimes we like stand our ground. Uh, but it's, you know, also it's our responsibility to present, uh, an array of options and, and outside the box ideas. So, yeah. you know, I'm, we try to use each other's brains and, uh, creative opinion, uh, to, you know, make our work a little bit more diverse and interesting. And both of us having had worked, you know, having worked with a bunch of different people, I think it's been really beneficial, um, because we, we got to see that a lot of people work in a bunch of different ways and, um, that you get to know a lot of actors that way. I mean, coming from New York, there's the, the talent pool is smaller mm -hmm. just in numbers alone. Um, and it's still intimidating to me seeing a, a breakdown come out and see submissions come out for, you know, just thousands of people. There's just, the volume is, is crazy yeah. out here. And, um, and so that's another thing that I think works out really well is that, you know, uh, we're, we're starting to get to know all the same people, but there will definitely be times when you'll remember someone from something yeah. years ago and, and I don't know who they are and then they totally. come in and they're amazing. So we yeah. both go through everything, but then additionally, we're, we pull people in that aren't submitted all the time yeah. because, you know, oftentimes, you know, when they're submitting, they just don't know what exactly what we're looking for. And, and some so people you're like, I, that Why person, I know this? that person. Yeah, 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 yeah. that person yeah. would be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you guys both came up working under some really incredible casting directors. For somebody who is, I guess, looking at the first stint into casting, how do you recommend getting into that world now that the whole internship for free thing mm -hmm. is out the door? Because you used to, like, and, and there's, there's I, I think there's something to be said about just going out and, like, working for someone, apprenticing, yes. for lack of a better word, and and learning how to do the job. Yes. But now it's a little bit harder to do that. Well, and you can still be an intern as long as you're in school. Um, sure. And, and there's certain or, criteria that you have to hit, too. Yeah. yeah. As long, if you're enrolled in school, then you can be a, an intern, or they have to pay you minimum wage. Right. It's just a paid internship. I, I think, you know... They're, the CSA is doing um, a training program for assistants, so we've been working Great. on that for a while. Mm -hmm. And it's it's did a we did a soft launch last year, um, so I think we have the first three classes developed, and so we have the the kids who took the like the beta round uh, test round of the first three classes are going to be. Um, Mr. and Miss Ardios this year, so they're going to hand all the awards out at the ceremony this year, which we're really cool. excited about. But they're, you know, we're trying to create opportunity for a new generation of casting directors. I think my in my experience, it was really important to work for um, the people that I worked for because you you not only learn how the business works um, logistically, but you kind of learn by watching how they. Um, how they work through the art, the art of casting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, not even, I haven't, just being on the board of CSA and, and having um, some of the most incredible casting directors 
we have been afforded the opportunity, Chrissy and I, at least our generation of casting directors, have been afforded the opportunity to work and learn from those people. Um, like I'm friends with Marcy Learoff and, you know, I, she was on the board with me and she's incredible mm -hmm. and has so many incredible stories. And I watch yeah, her teach is. actors yeah. and, you know, that's, that's, we have, we are continuing to learn how to kind of function in this industry in where it is today, technologically, um, but kind of preserving the, the art of casting as it, uh, uh, was developed and created by the people, the found, the founders of this industry. Now, we haven't had many or many discussions on the art of casting. When you talk about the art of casting, what do you mean by that? It's kind of it's it's like an indescribable, inherent macro understanding of 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 what the the piece of art is is and is going to be the movie, the project, the television show. Taking what you understand to be the characters and the space and the the period and working backwards to try to figure out what human person alive today makes the most sense to portray that person to the best of their ability in the, the vision or how the creators saw it or maybe not how they saw it maybe you know it, we present them with a different way to go but curating this overall piece of macro art and participating in the curation of this overall piece of art. And it's very collaborative. It's, it's similar to being like a museum curator. Yeah, you totally. Know, that you've got each of the different rooms and you've got to figure out where to put the art. You and know, specifically, you're dealing, look their best. dealing mm -hmm. with the people yeah. portion of it. So there's a, psycho like a psychological element to it. There's a psychology to it. There's, um, you know, it's... It's more than just uh, painting a wall. It's it's kind of painting um, with people, mm -hmm. I suppose. Sure. Um, so the art of casting is hard to explain and describe. It's kind of like, again, very subjective. But I guess I, I've said before that it's kind of like falling in love with people over and over and over again. And... and you know, when you're in that space and in the room and you see someone who's right, you know, immediately. I think I really inappropriately clapped after um, <laughs> someone read for us for our project. Oh, you have a standing ovation. I know, I stood up. Yeah, I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. I was so excited to see her because, you know, it was a very challenging, difficult role and it was very complicated because this character was from somewhere that's not here, you know, not Southern California. And a lot of the kids that we were reading didn't, couldn't wrap their heads around um, the, the grittiness of this Well, this character. is for Wayne. This is Wayne yeah. I'm ah, talking okay. about. Yeah. And she walks in and she just got it. And I, I said, oh my gosh, thank God for you. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, you, you get it, you understand it. Um, but it's- Are you talking about Dell? Yeah, we are. Oh, Sierra. Sierra. Uh, I can't wait. We're gonna we're gonna get we'll into Wayne soon. Everyone, yeah. uh, look forward to it. Yeah, but I don't know if you can kind of, you know, reduce what my definition of of the art of casting is. But it's it's so different than the business of casting. Yes. Um, and I think it's lost in translation, you know, because it's... I think it really is. And yeah. that's, that's one of the things that I'm learning from the first episode with Marcy through now. Yeah. It's, it's been trying to define that. Mm -hmm. And it is hard because there, there are so many different aspects of what it is that you guys do that are artistic, but people look at you as just kind of like, oftentimes just look at you as gatekeepers or look at you as just like 
Like we're in the way. Kind of. Yeah. And and that's totally not the case. Right. There has to be somebody, I think, the, the term gatekeeper has this negative connotation, but honestly, there has to be somebody who's... Managing. Managing that. It yeah, has to happen. Thing. Well, yeah, because, you know... But it's not, it's, there's nothing negative about what no. you guys are doing. It's in, in, and in fact, it is more positive. You're looking for that person to come in that you can stand up and clap for. We You're want for you absolutely. to be the, we want you to win the job. Mm-hmm. We want to find the best person for the, for this job. So we are your advocates. And also we want the producers, the network, the director to, to we don't want Uh, we want their time to be used well too. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you're the costume designer, you, you wouldn't just walk into a giant mall with your director and be like, pick out the clothes, (laughs) you know? So, so we're there to, to, to do some filtering. Yeah. And be like, okay, so we've, we've gone into the mall, we've done all this stuff. And then here, here are some options for you. And here's why we like this dress. Exactly. And here's why we don't like this dress. Right. Exactly. But it's up to you, ultimately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, and until you've been on a show for like 12 seasons of Law & Order, you know, parking ticket division, um, we often aren't the ones who are making the decision on who gets the role. It's still either the, the producers or the studio or the network, like they are still the ones saying yes or no to people. And, and so while we have that initial, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down on presenting people, um, we don't often get the final say. No, but we also have the opportunity to help the actors do do and give their very best performances right. in an effort for them to win the job. Exactly. And we do have our ways of kind of, I'm not going to say manipulating. Uh, no, but like in my big fat Greek wedding, and she's yeah. like, you know, like That's the man is the head, but the woman is the neck. Yeah. Like we're, casting directors are the neck. We're the neck. Yeah. And we... Um, A lot of good analogies today. Yeah. <laughs> We, uh, it's the rain. It's making me very (laughs) introspective. Um, you know, I think that's also why we are forgotten and, um, uh, overlooked and underappreciated. Yeah. Because we're we're also so early on in the process that by the time you're in the end, of course, you're going to thank your editor because you remember them. Right. You were just working with them. Right. Mm -hmm. But also we, we spend a lot of time figuring out ways to convince them that it was their idea so sure. that at the end of the day they think it was their idea so why would they give us credit right so that's part of the va- oh. that's part of the problem yeah that's so the kind big of problem. the work that you do yeah it's invisible hides the work that you do yeah yeah there are a few producers uh. and directors here and there that recognize us and yeah. we've been really lucky to work with some of them um, but I think that is the overall issue. Hmm. Yeah. Going forward, and now we're jumping all around my notes, but okay. <laughs> going forward, is there any way to kind of like fix that? I mean, the only way to fix it is to scream it from Keep the Keep screaming. I was just yeah. going to say the same thing. More, yeah. and more and more of this, more and more of... Yeah. And, and why has it been that that hasn't been the case until now? Why have, why have casting directors been so relegated to the shadows? You know, it's, I, I can't answer that because we're a different generation of casting. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. But from what I've learned uh, from my mentors and the, the people above me who, you know, worked so hard to unionize 
in like 2006, I think they unionized. Yeah, 2005, 2006. Five. 2005 I mean, was when it was announced. I that's think it happened when they in uni- That's when they were able to get us yeah. unionized. And the Teamsters, Teamsters. Union, yes. which yeah. Yeah. That they were the only ones that were like, yeah, come on in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And they worked so hard for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that, I mean, we're talking, what, like 13 years or something like that? Like, I, I mean, that's, it's very hard. I think they... The generations before us were working for practical things. Um, recognition isn't isn't exactly practical, so they were trying to, you know, set the groundwork for the next generation to be able to survive, um, and do this job and survive. You know, especially out here where it's like incredibly expensive to live. So well, I mean, it was, and even the term casting director was hard fought for yeah. for a very long time. The, the documentary Casting By talks about that in depth. Mm-hmm. Right. That nobody wanted to give you guys even that much credit. Right. Just like, that doesn't make any sense to me. But here we are. And the, and the truth is that we are directing in our, own, in, our, in our own way. We're not directing on set, but we're certainly directing in the room when we're trying to, you know, craft these performances to, to be reflective of what the... The creative team is looking for so um the the idea that we're not you know that we don't deserve the title of director uh with casting in front of it is completely inaccurate in my opinion well but also the word director isn't just like doesn't just refer to doesn't a, a just director refer to like entertainment of course you know like there are directors in other jobs in the world and so like and the there's word other directors is, on a broader set use too. right well, yeah. there's the director, director of photography, photography. yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's a it's a semantics thing. Um, it is, but I, I think the point uh, that you guys bring up about the artist artistry mm-hmm. of casting is sometimes misunderstood uh, in the sense that when you think about a DP, yeah, that's art. They're, they've got a camera and there's lighting and there's it's all tangible. The, it's, it is tangible. Mm-hmm. Even to a certain extent, sound design and sound and, and all that is there's an artistry to it because it is tangible, but because so few people know what it is that you guys do and how you do it and the the artistry that's involved you know a lot of people just think oh they just get on imdb and search yeah. out top actors for 2017 and right like i could throw do that. those at the wall right well, we like to say like everyone's a casting director <laughs> right. you know everyone's yeah. like and we manage that too uh in the process yeah but, yeah i mean even i've been doing this for a long time now and and I'm still not entirely sure my family understands like what yeah. the job is, you know, because when, when they ask you like, so what do you do? What are you doing? And then you start to tell them and then they ask like one, one leading question and then you're talking for 45 minutes and their eyes just sort of go, oh, okay. <laughs> and they're like, but do you ever see Brad Pitt in town? I'm like, oh, that's all you care about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't seen Brad. I actually haven't seen Brad Pitt either, no. Mm. I think I did once in New York. Mm. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, it was in this big crowd, and, like, the, it parted, like the Red Sea. Oh. It was he and Angelina. Just <laughs> he just has, to, like, yeah. a, sounds right. a, yeah. a, a circle around him yeah. that mm-hmm. people do not enter. Yeah, and well, everyone got quiet. That's, I saw the know, tops of their heads. She jokes, but, like, there's something to be said about the, the movie stars. Like, oh, when, yeah. when really you are is. in the yeah, presence absolutely. of a movie star... You can feel it, and it's indescribable. Yeah, it totally. I went to. I, I, I worked on a documentary called Showrunners for uh, about four years, and one of the years, actually multiple years, but one year we went to Comic Con to shoot these showrunners because they're kind of becoming celebrities in their own right, mm-hmm. which I'm totally down for. I think they should be. And we were in Hall H, 
which is the big hall at Comic-Con. And it was the year that uh, Tom Cruise's movie uh, Ready, Die, Repeat came out, which I think was the, actually the, the like foreign the, title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was uh, it called? It was called something. I've uh, seen it. Mm-hmm. It was, it was him and Emily Blunt. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. End of Tomorrow. End yeah. Of, edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he came out on stage. And it's a, it's a room f- of about 7,000 people. Mm-hmm. And it changed. Yeah. Like yeah. there had been other celebrities. There had been other like major TV stars and movie stars. But Tom Cruise came out on that stage and... There's an energy. It just changed the whole vibe of the room. Everybody, yeah. It felt different. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. I, uh, Nicole Kidman presented for us last year at Ardios for we were honoring Kevin Huvane, which is her eight, longtime agent. Mm-hmm. And so she came in and introduced him, and it was very lovely. And at one point, um, someone was like, hey, come backstage and take a picture with her. And I was like, uh, no, I'm 5'2". <laughs> like, I don't, I have no interest. And being in a photograph with her, she is... In, give me an apple box. Yeah. Oh, give me four <laughs> apple boxes. Yeah. I mean, she is so stunningly beautiful and just complete. She's just, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's like there's, there's this like aura around her that, you know, I just didn't even want to get close. I was like, I, uh, you know, you're so stunning. I can't even. And that's fun and part of the process too of, of when you see people, you know, when they come into the room. And they read for something, and then and you can see where they're gonna go. You see the trajectory. Yeah. Like I remember seeing Donald Glover perform at UCB when he was in college, and just being like, "There's just something about that kid, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, that that made him stand apart." And you know, and and I, I mean, I didn't I didn't see Childish Gambino coming out of it, but like, <laughs> but it it's a. Uh, it's just for those for those superstars. It's yeah. uh, it's yeah. You just get this weird feeling. Yeah. Um, it's cool. It is cool. So, uh, changing directions a little bit. Sure. I kind of want to talk about well, because this is an Ardios uh, special episode. Yes. I want to talk first a little bit about the Casting Society of America. You guys are both involved. I know, Amanda, you're on the executive board. First, tell us a little bit about what the Casting Society is, and then I'm curious why it was important for you guys to get involved with the Casting Society. Um, I ran for the board a few times before I was uh, uh, elected to it. Um, I was elected as an associate like four years ago. Um, and then when I became, when I partnered with Chrissy and was working actively as a casting director, I then ran again as a casting director. Um, and over the course of my time on the board, you know, worked my way up to becoming one of the executives and I'm the treasurer now. Um, but I'm also, uh, I'm, you know, very involved in a lot of the committees. I'm the, the chair of the RDOs committee, which is really exciting for me because I'm a party planner at heart. Um, <laughs> but you know, being involved in, you know, we were, yes, we're, we're Teamsters and that's our union and, um, but CSA is our guild. So it's, uh, it's different because it functions as a, uh, a group, a, a collective group of, you know, of, uh, folks who are kind of all looking for the same thing PR wise for casting. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not, and we're, we're trying to, work toward it being um, really beneficial for the membership in, in regard to creating the 
uh, assistant training program. And the diversity uh, committee is really working hard to do a bunch of different things for actors as well. Um, but organizationally, you know, it, it was just really important for me to be involved from the beginning of, like right when I got out here, I was like, well, I don't understand why we're under-recognized and I don't understand why, you know, no one cares about this, this, and this, of course, like I chose the, the industry I chose to be a part of is the one that like no one cares about and that just kills me, you know? So <laughs> I, from the beginning, I've been like, I want to be a part of this. I want to try to work toward recognition, not for myself, but for the incredible people that I've met and have had the opportunity to just even sit in a room with um, because I think they deserve all of the recognition for and the, the work that they've done. And the profession itself. Yeah. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, um, I've been working really hard. I'm, I, I, you know, try to, I've been trying to be in charge of the PR for us too. And it's, it's been a wild ride because just like learning about that industry and, and going through all of that and working with, um, different PR people and it's, it's been crazy, but you know, we're working toward, uh, we're working towards figuring out how to gracefully, um, campaign for more recognition. So we're trying to kind of balance and figure out how to work together to, um, change the perspective on the profession. Are there a lot of people that are of our generation that feel that way, that came out here and was like, why Why isn't anybody getting any credit for yeah. what they're doing? Yeah, but at, at the same time... Because I feel time, like our generation is a little bit more like, hey, fuck you, give me the credit. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I did the work. Yeah. I did the work, give me the credit. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, they are working, you know, it's it's a dog-eat-dog, dog. and like, you know, if you if you say no to that, that rate or whatever, there's somebody right behind you who will take that job. So we've had to navigate, our generation has had to navigate um, working our way up through the industry and maintaining and securing work for ourselves, but also kind of like on the sidelines, like quietly fighting, like starting to fight that fight. So for, for me, um, I got involved. I was actually a lot more hands-on involved in CSA in New York um, because, uh, so when I started, it was before, it was like just before people started to upload auditions onto the internet mm -hmm. and share them that way. So it was like making DVDs. And um, uh, what I did, one of the things that I did before I started my internship when I was just on unemployment was like teach myself how to edit and how to upload and how to make, at the time, DVDs. Use iMovie and everything. Um, and, uh, and so I kind of ended up... Um, on the tech committee in New York by default because I knew how to edit and upload. One of those new kids and just One knows how the kids. internet yeah. works. Yeah, and, and it, um, <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and so the being on the tech committee and being involved in CSA there um, was really a, a gateway. And actually having that skill probably helped me leapfrog a little before I was ready um, uh, from assistant to associate. Um, where there were probably some other skills that I really lacked that, uh, that because I knew how to do the editing and uploading, um, I was able to you know, quickly jump to an associate position. So, and there it was, a, a, again, a smaller community, so I got to know a lot of people. Um, 
we got to like work on the Ardios Awards and like checking people in and getting to put you know names to faces. Yeah, and, so we do Ardios everything like that here in LA, and, and in we New do York. a show in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I remember you know being in New York and it was always like, oh, the LA show is so fancy. They've got like valet parking. <laughs> it's at the Hilton, and um, and being really intimidated because you know, the first. The first couple of years in New York, it was at Caroline's, the comedy club, like literally underground with zero lights. And that seems like an odd place for an award, award ceremony yeah. at all. Right, right. Well, it started as a banquet out here, too. And yeah. so I've worked really hard to try to, you know, kind of like fighting with the rest of the board about like name tags, you know, and, you know, I'm open to bringing name tags back. I, I like talking about relation yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, but you know, um, there's a red carpet and there's press and, and I want, um, I want it to be treated like an award show because, you know, we moved it to January so that it, we could participate in award season mm-hmm. and be a part of that. It used to be in November and, and now, um, you know, just the, the optics on it being, a part of the award, you know, award show season. Yeah, instead of just like a potluck exactly. dinner. Exactly. Like, like I want, you know, I, I really want everyone to who comes, who attends, to go home and put on a fancy dress and, and come and walk the carpet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're we're behind the scenes. So a lot of the a lot of the community is like, no, I'm just gonna come from work and I'm gonna wear what I've worn what I'm wearing and, and that's you fine know, too. Yeah. No. <laughs> I want you to go home and put a fancy dress on and walk the red carpet and, you know, take one night to be proud of the work that you've done and to let other people acknowledge you. And that's kind of why I'm so adamant about making it feel like an, a real award show. Um, well, with the audios and, and because we've kind of jumped in it, can you explain to people a little bit about what the audios is and what its purpose is? Because if I'm being completely honest, before I started doing this show, I didn't know it existed. Yeah. Well, it's and like... most a, people I've talked to don't. Don't, right. Because... And it's been going for, what, 30 years no almost? Yeah, 34. This is our 34th annual yeah. Arios Awards. Um, I think it's it's a Guild Award show. Mm-hmm. So it's the same as the SAG Awards or the Director's Guild Awards or the Writer's Guild Awards. That's kind of how I look at it. Um, is it captured? Is it like... No. It's not. No. I mean, I've, tr- I'm trying. I'm working on yeah. it. I'm yeah. working on it, but... Talk to me after. The, we're we're going to set something up. We're okay. going to make something happen. I mean, we record it for our own purposes. You do, but yeah. you don't put it out. Well, we don't. It, it's not like broadcast in any capacity. Uh, okay. Um, I would love for it to be broadcast, but yeah. you know, the... Even with the YouTube lives live. or yeah. Facebook lives <laughs> or something. I think something. We, can, we can, you know, work toward that. But let's explain what the RDOs are. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Well, Ardios is the Greek term for perfectly fitted, and it is the the name that they the founders decided on years ago to be you know representative of of um, of honoring casting directors who are placing faces, uh, and it's it's an award show to recognize you know each other within our uh, profession. Yeah. So it's you know. Uh, if you see someone else that does really great work, being able to say, you know, I think you did a good job there. Um, just like like you were saying with the SAG Awards. Yeah. Um, that it's uh, the whole group uh, recognizing people who yeah, are peer, especially our, exceptional. Our peers recognizing yeah. peers. And yeah. because, you know, there are so few opportunities for casting directors to get recognized in the other award shows, um, with the exception of the Emmys, uh, it... It gives us a chance to um, to 
to be recognized, even yeah. if it is within our own community. You yeah. Know? Okay. Well, and I think what's interesting and, and why, we're, why we set up these series uh, for the RDS, where we're speaking with you guys, uh, we're speaking with Alexa L. Fogel, and we're speaking with uh, Russell Boast, who's the president of the Casting yes. Society of America. Um, you guys, this is your second time being nominated for RDS, and you've got two projects that are up for RDS Awards right now, uh, which I want to get into a little bit too. So you guys did a short. It's called Emergency. Yeah. It's really, really incredible. Uh, written by Kristen Davila. Davila. Kristen, uh, email me. Okay. Let me know. Okay. Contact at placingfaces.com. Okay. Let me know how to pronounce your last name. <laughs> uh, and directed by Carrie Williams. Yeah. Uh, it stars Daryl Lake, Jason Woods, Peter Pasco, and Michael Segovia, and Shaw Jones. Uh, it's about a group of young black and Latino friends in an emergency situation where they weigh out the pros and cons of calling the police. Yeah, that, that project was really special. It was part of um, three short films that we did with uh, Film Independence Project Involve. And um, uh, everybody, you know, from top to bottom on that was just so great. And the film turned out beautifully. Mm -hmm. um, and the casting process for that, you know, because it was a, a short film and just pretty, you know, like scale pay, um, we, I think we looked on both Actors Access and through agents and stuff, and we found some really great people. Did any um, of these guys know each other beforehand? No, not at all. Well, Daryl, I had when I was working with Bialy Thomas years ago. We hired Daryl on Lie to Me. Lie to Me. Yeah. yeah, and so I was like, oh, you know who would be great for this is Daryl Lake. So we made him an offer, and everybody else we read. Yeah, everyone yeah. else we read. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, and that script in particular really jumped out to both of us, and we were really and it really spoke glad to the to actors that came in it. too. Mm -hmm. I think we we saw a lot of actors that we probably wouldn't have seen for a short film that was scale, you know, because of the the content and the social um, aspect of it and and what it was saying, yeah. you know. Well, and it's gotten, I mean, it's won a lot of like awards. It's won, it was the winner of the Special Jury Award at Sundance. It won the Best Narrative Short at South by Southwest. Now the RDS Awards, it's up for an award. What do you think it is about this type of film right now that is so important? Well, I think it certainly speaks to um, the time that we're in, and, and as everyone is becoming more and more aware of um, uh, maybe the struggles that different types of people have, you know, like it just opens up a window, like you were saying, um, that you never would have had this problem yourself because you would just call the cops. Um, and like hide my weed in the exactly, back room. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, depending on what state you're in. Um, and uh, and so, so this movie, I think, you know, uh, um, what's it called? Like when you, in a, uh, like when you slice through the size of it, like the, when they show you. Oh, a section? Yeah, mm -hmm. like, like, you know, like if you want to see the inside of a, uh, yeah, like of a cruise ship. And so it's showing you the, the, just how, um, how the sausage gets made for other people. So I think that that is something that really resonates with people when they see the film. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really well done. It's, you know, it's a dark comedy. Um, and it, uh, it really, really rides that line. And this is the type of project that we love. It's something that's sort of, you know, like is just on that tightrope of like, is this, is this completely tragic? Is this completely funny? I don't really know. Exactly. Like Transparent and yeah. Atlanta and yeah. Search Party and like all these like really weird, dark um, 
dark comedies. Yeah, like kind post of speak comedy. To. Exactly. Comedy, High yeah. maintenance, yeah. you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And, um, and so, uh, but yeah, the film is just really well done and I think it, it speaks to people. Yeah. Yeah. So in the other one that you guys have up for the RDOs right now is Zach and Mia. Uh, web series, I guess technically you'd call mm-hmm. it. It was on Go90. Now it's um, on Hulu. It is on Hulu. Okay. Yeah. Because I started watching it and I couldn't yeah, stop watching it's, it. Yeah, it's so good. It's, it's so, really, it's really so good. good. Yeah, it's uh, Zach and Mia. Yeah, yeah, Zach and Mia. So we, um, um, we did it for Awesomeness, originally for Go90. and Okay. Yeah, originally. Awesomeness made it. Awesome, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. Awesomeness. Okay. The studio's Awesomeness. And um, they kind of built it with the intention of potentially selling it somewhere else later as a half hour. So okay. we did um, 12 11-minute episodes, but they made it so that they could cut them into six 22-minute episodes. So that's okay. how they sold it to Hulu. Yeah. So on Hulu, the first season is six 22-minute episodes. Great. Um, on Go90, it was 12 11-minute episodes. And uh, it's based on a, a YA novel um, about uh, two teenagers, Zach and Mia, who um, meet and fall in love in the hospital um, and where they're both being treated for cancer. And it's so beautiful, so well done. That was another thing that as soon as we read the script, we were like, we have to do this. Yeah. And um, uh, it's just it, it's just such a, it's filled with such heart. And the, the cast that we got is just so lovely. And then they, they also have season two, which is coming out. It might be out right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hulu See, too. that's why I couldn't yeah, find it. Seasons, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I knew, I knew there was a second season because it had it on IMDb yeah, okay. and I couldn't find it. So yeah. I was like, oh, that's coming where's out. Where's it yeah. at? I it's need to so, watch yeah, more. I, I yeah. felt the same way seeing it, um, that I, I wanted to watch the next episode and the next and the yeah. next yeah. and I cried by the end. You yeah. know, it's very good. Very well done. Um, so we're really proud of that work on, uh, as well. And, yeah. um, well, and you know, that, very like in particular like you know, cancer has touched so many people's lives and um it, they really awesomeness really treated it very respectfully and they you know they brought in a lot of folks to consult and mm-hmm. um we had i had a friend uh through csa who she was uh laura adler's really good friend and she was 22 i think Allie, and um she had metastatic, I, I don't even know what her, the original cancer was. It might have been lung. But um, she consulted for them, and they, they interviewed her, and they, you know, they, were, you know they, they wanted to get all of the, the medical stuff really, really right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was young, and she was dealing with cancer, and they wanted to, to make sure that they were really reflective of, of that experience. Um, and then and she ended up passing last year, mm-hmm. uh, right as season two was coming out. But, you know, it was... When we read the script and uh, kind of looked at all the material and everything, we were like, this is a really important project to be a part of, too, because, I mean, I just lost my stepdad to cancer on New Year's Eve. So, you know, it it, it is something that everyone can really relate to, but it also showcases this really beautiful love story Mm -hmm. uh, and navigating kind of the the most horrible thing you can imagine. but yeah, also, during like a really exciting time. Right. So it's like this exciting love story, but with the background of, of cancer or, you know, going through cancer with the background of love. And right. so it's a very unique... Like living story. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's... We were... We feel very lucky to have been a part of that. And 
it um, it continues to impress us. Yeah. It stars Annie Winters, uh, who you guys may have seen on Night School, 13 Reasons Why, and Kean Lawley, is mm-hmm. that how you pronounce his yeah, name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as the titular, titular characters of Zach and Mia. And I know all characters, no matter how big they are, are important to a story. You, you need all of the pieces to play chess. But it seems like there's more consider. You have to take more consideration for the two people, especially the titular characters who are carrying a show. What were your experiences casting Zach and Mia specifically? Well, um, uh, Kian was not necessarily attached when we started the project, but he was like a person of interest, um, we'll okay. say. Uh, and that came that, from the producers, came from, came from, from the directors? Yeah. From, okay. um, because he uh, is in the, the influencer space, um, and that's a lot of where their bread and butter is. Um, and uh, But he's also a terrific performer. And it wasn't until pretty late in the process, we did read other a lot of other people for that role too, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until pretty late in the process when um, he finally uh, became attached. And then for Mia, we read a, a lot of terrific actresses as well um, and did some chemistry reads. Mm-hmm. And with Annie, it ended up being, um, being an offer that we sent her materials. Okay. And because uh, just at the, you know, after reading everybody, um, there was just, you know, like we said, it's all subjective, but there was just something that they, that, that was missing. That they were missing. That yeah, they, they were missing. They yeah. They couldn't explain it to us. Yeah. We kept asking, you know, we were like, well, what, what exactly is it that, um, these particular girls don't fulfill for you? And they couldn't, they couldn't really pinpoint it. Yeah. So we just kept, which um, happens. Yeah. Yeah. And so we just kept, uh, sometimes you don't know digging. why it doesn't work. But yeah. You just know it. doesn't. And we work. were casting sort of during pilot season. Yes. And so a lot of people were not even like wanting to be considered for it because they wanted to go and yeah shoot a big uh. network show. So it was towards the end of pilot season when, you know, yeah. all the people who, um, didn't get shows. Then we started getting <laughs> phone calls and we started calling them and saying like, okay, now who's left? Right. And, uh, and, and, you know, we, we lean on the agents a lot too. We, um, one of our favorite agents over at Gersh, we called him and we were like, who is this? Like, who do you have? Who's right for this? And he, he was like, how about Annie Winters? And we were like, we love Annie Winters. Yeah. She's amazing. Is she available? And he was like, yeah. And so then we took her back to them and and they were like, can she do it? And we were like, yes, she can do it. She can do this. We promise. Cause their, their concern was, you know, it's very, it's very dramatic. You've got to go to some deep, yeah. pretty horrible places to yeah. like, and you got to believe that you're dying of cancer. They wanted yeah. to see it, <laughs> you know, sucks. they wanted to see yeah. it, but there's a reality of the day in that, you know, it wasn't a big giant network pilot. So mm-hmm. pe- there are some people who won't read for things mm-hmm. like that. So, um, we were like, we promised she can do it. And then she did. And then she did. And, and then and, she won an Emmy. Yeah. And then she won an <laughs> Emmy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Both of those projects, Emergency and, um, and Zach and Mia have, uh, are really close to our hearts and, yeah. and we're so honored to be nominated for them within the Ardios. Well, good well. luck at those awards. Cause that's really, Thank uh, you. both, both of those projects I really, really liked. Um, Maria's telling me I got to wrap up. I'm not gonna, we're going to keep going a little <laughs> bit longer. Right. Uh, because we have to talk about Wayne. Right. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about Wayne. Um, it's on YouTube, uh, yeah, YouTube and it'll premium. actually it'll be out yesterday when we post this Thursday of this week. Uh, it was created by Sean Simmons. 
uh, EP'd by Paul Warnick and Rhett Reese, both producers on Deadpool, starring Mark McKenna, Sierra Bravo, Mike O'Malley, Dean Winters, and Ray McKinnon. Uh, it's about Wayne, who is a 16-year-old Dirty Harry with a heart of gold, who sets out on a dirt bike from Boston to Florida with a new friend named Dell to get back his 78 Trans Am that was stolen from his father before he died. It's John Wick via John Hughes, and I can't fucking wait for this show. <laughs> I'm very, very we excited can't about either. this. We're so excited. We've only seen the pilot yeah. at a screening, yeah. um, and uh, and it's, you know, that was a really. Um, when when we met on the show, we were like, we, we this was another thing where we were like, we have to do this. Um, the two of us had cast a pilot for Amazon in the um, uh, on their kids side, um, and uh, with the these two writers, um, uh, Kirk and Greg, mm -hmm. and Kirk, Greg Kirk, Coolidge and Kirk Ward, yes, who are also producers, EPs on Wayne, yes, um, yeah. So they um, they were nice enough to remember us and to 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 want us to work on Wayne. They're like, look, you know, you're gonna you're gonna meet on this. They're also meeting with someone else, but um, you know, our fingers are crossed for you. And because uh, we'd only been partnered for maybe a year at that time, um, and uh, and it's it's just such a unique story. Again, it's one of those one of those things that, you know, walks that little tightrope of what is this? Is this comedy? Is this tragedy? Right. Is this an action movie? Is this It's a half it's, hour drama, which it's I a, it's a half I'm hour super drama. into. Yeah. Um but yeah, we wanted it so bad that we, you know, we have to kind of audition for our jobs too. And so we made this really beautiful um book with mood boards and pictures of like people that we thought might be interesting in it and kind of pulled pictures, like reference photos of like not not just people, but like of like looks for it almost like we were like gonna shoot it right <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean and we were like okay so don't think we're crazy but like here's our vision for this and um and luckily they responded really well to mm -hmm. that and didn't think we were and overdoing and it. uh and that's an example of how a vision for a role can change over time because Sean had something very specific in mind um for uh for the character of Wayne and we tried fi reading everyone who fit that vision and it just over and over and over, over again. Yeah. We, we, we had them tape many reading times. Reading the same people yeah. over and over again. Yes. So we started the process just like any pilot, you know, uh, just reading people in LA and uh, we did LA and then New York and then the Southeast and then sort of nationwide and then Canada and still weren't finding Wayne. And then we both looked at each other and, and we were like, all right, we got to we gotta go overseas. Well, let's, and <laughs> let's jump so the pond. Yeah. We, we had taken, uh, in the book that we put together for the meeting on it, we had taken a couple ideas. And um, I had seen Sing Street about, I don't know, maybe six months before this meeting. And I kind of fell in love with uh, the kids in it. There, have you seen it? I haven't. No. Okay, you should watch but it. But it's on my list now. Yeah. Um, it is incredible. And it's this, this like Irish uh, 80s movie about this band. And it's just like, it's amazing. It's lovely. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And yeah. so Mark was, um, I think Ferdio was in it in the book too. But Mark specifically, we were like, you know, I was like, I think he'd be really interesting. And he's very new. I, you know, I, having gotten to know him and hearing the story of how he got Sing Street, um, that was his first job. So mm -hmm. we uh, had... At the beginning of the process, we asked for him to self-tape, and he's in Ireland, and his agent's in London, and so it took 
a long time for us to get his tape back. Mm-hmm. And we had read, while we were waiting for his tape, we read a thousand. 600 people. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and his tape finally came in, and Chrissy watched it, and I was like doing something else. And she was like, Amanda! We finally got Stop Mark's what you're tape. doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and his tape was really great. We had a couple of notes, and so did the producers. And so they were like, could you retape? And he did. And that was enough to convince everybody to fly him here to test. There was also um, a, another young actor from, uh, from England who we flew over as well. Um, and, uh, and then for the role of Dell, um, Sierra is the, the actress who um, Amanda was talking about, who she like, did a standing ovation during the audition, basically. <laughs> so appropriate. Um, <laughs> just couldn't uh, help yourself. I couldn't yeah. help, I literally couldn't help myself. Yeah, she just walked in and she was the role immediately. Yeah. Um, and so we, we, we flew Mark and the other actor to LA and, um, and had them test and go on tape. Uh, so my husband, who's a DP, uh, we, were, we, we asked if we could do the chemistry ta- uh, tests over at the YouTube stages, which are very close to our house. Um, and I had Devin come shoot it for us because I usually run camera and I was like, you know, I think it might help sell it if it looks really good. Mm-hmm. And YouTube had been like, oh, just do it in your office. And we're like, no, no, we want to make this pretty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just let us, please. And they're like, all right. We want to play too. I think uh-huh. he like rented a camera for it too. Yeah, yeah he did. did. He yeah, and brought in like and a, an Alexa. <laughs> anyway, um, so we had it all set up and, and we shot this beautiful test and then we went home and waited. And the next day, we got a call. Yeah, got a call from uh, from the studio and or from the network, and they were like, "Okay, so we watched the tape. Um, uh, we agreed that that Sierra is Dell. Um, we 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 like Mark, but did you happen to get a take where he was really angry?" And we and both like, went, "Oh no. no!" And he said, "You know." He's about to get back on his plane to Ireland. Just let him get back to Ireland when he does it. Just have him tape again and send it to us. This was on a Friday. Well, because my husband's an actor, um, I've seen him go through the testing process a bazillion times. And he tested probably 30 times before actually getting cast in a pilot. Tested on one of the shows I worked with Lexus and Christine on. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, had, I had seen the process go wrong so many times um, where people change their mind. And so we're, you know, we call the, the producers and say, hey, then, you know, the network, they, they like Mark, but they want more, one more take with him being angry. And they were like, oh, okay, okay, okay. We'll just get him to tape in Ireland. And then I said, I'm, I'm sorry, just interject real quick, because we live on opposite sides of town. So she was over on the west side, I'm on the east side. And um, we're all on speaker together in this huge conference call. And I said, I'm just saying this out loud for the first time ever, everyone. Um, I haven't even said this to Amanda, but I'm looking at Mark's travel memo. And he's currently still at his hotel, and and the car service hasn't picked him up yet. Amanda lives right by the airport. His hotel is right by the airport. What if we have his car service go over to Amanda's house, where her husband has the equipment still, and we tape him quickly? And then just take him to LAX, and he goes back to Ireland. I was like, great idea. Yeah, and everyone goes, okay. Yeah. And then the biggest mad dash scramble. Well, the, um, the biggest problem was he's he's this Irish kid. He's like 21 years old at the time, and he doesn't have a working cell phone. Mm-hmm. So we can't reach him. Okay. Yeah. So Chrissy is on, she, she hops like on another line with the car service, tries to reroute them. Mm-hmm. I was 
I was at the nail salon at the time. So I ran home and I'm like waiting for his car to show up because I'm waiting in my front lawn because I was like, he's not going to understand what's going on. He thinks he's going to LAX and no one's explaining to him what's happening. So I'm standing on my front lawn and I'm on the phone with Chrissy and the producers and I'm like waiting and I'm like, Chrissy, it's five o'clock. He, he, he's not here. He's not yeah. here. And in the same moment we were like, I was, she's like, get in the car. And I was like, I'm getting in the car. I was like, just go to the airport. I'm going to the airport. So find him. I run into my house and I say to Devin, I'm like, Set I'm, up going, the camera. I'm going yeah. to the airport. Set the camera up in the garage. You know, be ready for me to bring him back here because I'm going to find him. I get to the airport. I'm driving and like, I'm circling LAX. She's like, I don't see him anywhere. I was like, well, then just park. And I was like, okay. Go inside. So I have like, I have like flip flops on and just my purse. And like, I, I run into Tom Bradley and I'm like, hi, where's Aer Lingus? And they're like, um, I think we might've moved it to terminal three. And I was like, okay. So I like ran to terminal three. I run into terminal three. I'm like, where's Aer Lingus? And they're like, I think it might be in terminal two now. So I'm like running to terminal two. <laughs> And I get to Terminal 2, and I was like, Aerling is okay, great. So I run up to the counter, and I'm like, hi. Uh, so I'm a casting director, and I know this is, like, super weird, but, like, is there any way that you can page this actor? His name is Mark McKenna. I think he's already gone through security, and just ask him to come back out here and talk to me for a second. And they were like, no, no. ma'am. And I was like, <laughs> right, okay, okay, right. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Okay, so then I walk away, and I've got the producers and Chrissy in my ear, and the producers go, okay, well, how about this? Just buy a one-way ticket to New York, go through security, and, and find him. And find him. <laughs> so she goes up to the counter and is like, hi, I would like a one-way ticket to New York for <laughs> now. And they, and they, were like, they start looking at her all weird. And then they're gathering around, like yeah. the manager's coming over, and I'm like, oh, my God, you guys, I'm going to get arrested. I'm in flip-flops. It's I'm November. I'm not going to New York. Purse. It's very obvious. I'm going to get and they're like, okay, walk away. And so I walk and then, outside. And then they go, okay, here, we'll give us your, you know, your birth date and everything. The and producers we'll, we'll on buy the, the ticket for you. And yeah. then you just go up to the kiosk. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. Get it. And we're like, okay. okay. Um, so I'm giving them my birthday. And then Chrissy chimes and in. And then I go, wait a minute. I have another idea. And uh, thanks to, to Tate doing Quantico, he now has a, a verified Twitter account. And I was like, I'm going to tweet at Mark. So I, because he wasn't picking up his phone, he wasn't texting or anything. Um, we were trying. I think his phone was like clogged because we were yeah calling so it just much. Wasn't working. Yeah, um, and I just ended up going like, "Hey, at Mark McKenna, um, at casting Amanda and at CDFO are trying to find you. Uh, DM me." And sure from enough, from Tate's account. Yeah, from Tate's <laughs> account. Um, and sure enough, he responded to the tweet. And, and so then I'm DMing with him. I'm like, hey, it's Chrissy, not Tate. Hi. Um, go outside. Like, don't worry about your flight. Just leave. And Amanda will come get you. Because his flight had been delayed by two hours. We found oh. out by that time. Yeah. So, so I turn around. I'm like, here he is. And I hang up on everybody. And yeah. I, um, I, I get him in my car. And at that point, we had kind of, you know, become like, we had we made friends with him yeah. dur during the testing process, so it wasn't super weird. But like I was, was like, weird. it was weird. Yeah. I um <laughs> I got him. I was like, so you're gonna come home with me, and we're gonna shoot one more take of it in my garage, okay? And he was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, in the car driving home, I was like, I live really close to LAX. Don't worry. And he was like, okay. And I was like, do you feel kidnapped? And he was like, kind of. And I was like. <laughs> Because I'm not sure if I completed this thought earlier, but like, but because I had seen things, you know, 
change so quickly with Tate, I knew that the stakes were really high. And if he had gotten on that plane, and if he got all the way to Ireland, and then we finally give him the notes, and, and, all, and what to do, and wait, and, yeah. everyone would have changed their mind. Yeah. And they all say, no, we wouldn't have changed our mind right. now. But they would have, yeah. because it would have been at least five days before we got the tape. Yep. And then, you know, someone would have seen some movie with the one kid we didn't see. Right. <laughs> and, um, and, and then they would be Wayne. But we knew that it was Mark. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and so that was the, the, the like yeah. links that we went to, to, so, to get it. Yeah. So we got him home yep. and I, I called Devin and I was like, so Mark's in the car with me, turn on all the lights just so he doesn't feel kidnapped, you know? And, um, <laughs> and Devin was like, okay, okay. And, uh, get him home. And we, we go through the scene like a couple of times, five or six times. And Devin edits it quickly for us and we send it off to YouTube and, um, and then he, I was like, well, I could take you back to the hotel and we can get you on a flight tomorrow or I mean, you can stay here if you want. And he was like, I'll stay here. I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> so he stayed. And the next morning, I was like, Devin and I took him to the airport. And I, he was like, I was like, do you want to go get breakfast? He's like, yeah. I can't do the Irish accent very well. But he's like, can you take me to a diner uh, from like Pulp Fiction? And we were like, totally. <laughs> so we took him to a diner that looks like the diner in Pulp Fiction and showed him the ocean and then put him on a plane. And right before he took off, he booked it. Yeah. What a wild what story a wild about story. you. Like, he, I can only imagine from his perspective how crazy that I was, know. too. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, and yeah. then compared to Sierra, who just walked in and everybody <laughs> was like, like yeah. Well, we're going to clap <laughs> yeah. for you now. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, you know, and, and the, the series um, uh, is just so special, and we're so excited to see the whole thing. And they shot it up in, uh, in Toronto. Um, Where are people going to be able to see this? On YouTube Premium. Okay. Yep. yep. And if you don't already have uh, an account, I think it's free for the first 30 days. So free for the first 30 just days. just sign up, get that free watch, 30 watch days. Watch Wayne and... Watch Wayne. <laughs> yeah, and comment that you want more of it. Yeah. 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 So I think we're going to wrap up. Um, as Where can people follow you guys? Find your info. I, Twitter. Yeah? Yeah, Casting Amanda. At Casting Amanda. At CDPO. I don't tweet. Okay, well, you read tweets. I read tweets. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I don't really okay. tweet either actively, but I really enjoy um, when when actors tweet their, like, most recent work at me so I can, like, take a quick look and all that jazz. I think okay. it's the, this, the easiest, uh, cleanest way for me to, to kind of... Keep up with people. Keep up with people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't tweet and my Instagram's private, but you can... Do all the things with Amanda, and she'll pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we share a brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tweet at me. All right. We found Twitter to be very valuable. Yeah, very. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, again, thank you guys for taking the time to come in today, and uh, we're gonna have to do this again sometime. Absolutely. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so all much right. for thank having you. us. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Keep an eye on the two of them. They're gonna do great things. Did something we say pique your interest in this episode, but you didn't get a chance to write it down? Well, check out our website, placingfaces.com, for links to everything we talk about in our episode show notes. Also, please like, comment, subscribe, love, heart, thumbs up, and share the show. Someone out there is in need of this episode, and you could just be the one to help. Share now. Tune in next week when we talk with superstar casting director Alexa Fogel, up for three RDS Awards this year. You probably know her work from Oz, The Wire, Generation Kill, In Treatment, True Detective Season 1, Banshee, Pose, Ozark, The Deuce, and Atlanta. 
Placing Faces is powered by Collaborator.com, a media production service connecting media professionals to companies, brands, and agencies, allowing you to scale your production based on your needs. Video professionals find work and companies save money. Do you want to learn more about casting directors, find one to work with? Well, check out our partners, the Casting Society of America, for more information. They've introduced us to so many of our guests while serving as a hub of information about this branch of the entertainment industry. To learn more about the society and what it takes to get into casting, visit castingsociety.com. And finally, if you haven't gotten your fix of industry interviews yet, we'd like to recommend that you check out our friend Mike and his podcast over at boxangelus.com. He's had some fascinating guests from every position on the credit scroll, including Placing Faces' favorite, Jessica Sherman. So go check him out now. And until next time, thank you for listening and be well.